when I get to heaven, which is a lot sooner than it used to be, I am going to ask for a singing voice and dance moves like Hiram Joseph's. I love coming here because of the music and the worship. You have an atmosphere here that is very rare, very rare across Canada. And I attribute it to servant leadership and a team that loves God and pushes you towards God. Could you express your appreciation again to the whole music group? Thank you. I know you're panicking that I'm going to speak. I am not, trust me. I have the privilege and honor of introducing your speaker today, Michelle Khalil. I have known Michelle for a long time. We've worked together in the kingdom of God for many, many years. In his bio, you will see all the usual things. He is educated. He is widely known as a conference speaker, and people love him. But I want to tell you this morning that when he comes up here to speak, and you see his visible presence, and you hear his words, you really don't know what you are looking at. You have no idea what you are looking at. This is a man, and he will be the first to tell you that it is God working through him. All of us know that. We don't do anything in our own strength. God works through us. But this is a man who, through the power of God, over the past a decade and a half that I have known him has helped change the Middle East for God. I remember when I first met him, I thought, I like this guy. I liked his humility. I liked his approach. I liked the way he did ministry. And that like has turned into love. He has a beautiful wife, Rula, who comes from Lebanon. He is from Egypt. He has two beautiful daughters, Christy and Caitlin. You will like him when he comes up here. But at the end of the service, you will love his God. He broke one of the records that we had for international speakers coming up to Canada where he survived minus 42 degrees Celsius in Winnipeg, Manitoba once. So in order to warm him up and welcome him to Ontario, would you please welcome Michelle Khalil. Power of God. Hello. It is my honor and privilege to be among you this morning. After the first service came to an end, I met one of the mighty warriors who worships in the church here. And he told me you were talking about the love of God and the lovable God and the God who loved us so much. So he gave his only son so we may have life in abundance. He told me I love this church. You know why? Because this church loves God. And every time I come to this church, I always find God waiting for me opening wide his arms. And he says, I want you as you are. It's not what you do. It's who you are in me. And I was very touched. And I want to encourage you today to keep this God 
this great God, yet humble God, in the midst of you. And the church will continue to have the success as long as God is present in the midst of you. Today, I am bringing greetings from the suffering church in Egypt, in Sudan, in Palestine, in Jordan, in Iran, and in Iraq. Many are killed every day. Many are losing their lives for the cause of Christ. Many are honoring our great God and says we are not dismayed, we are not scared, we are not ashamed of your name. We will walk brave, proud of your name, and we will tell the world that we are not afraid. And they lose their lives. A pastor called Fuad was kidnapped four days ago in Syria, and he was found beheaded. Probably you heard that on the news. And you know what happened? His congregation celebrated the greatness of God, knowing that this pastor now is sitting at Jesus' feet, enjoying the eternity with this great God, with this amazing God. I still remember some years ago when I decided to attend a seminar on the creator of the universe, God the creator. And I thought, I am going to absorb all the information of this seminar and go and teach this seminar later on. I want to understand about how God created the universe. I want to try to understand how God thinks. I want to understand how God performs. And then I decided to go, sitting, exciting, ready to write all the information. And from the first moment the man started talking about the speed of the light, 186,000 miles per second, my head starts spinning. Then... Dr. Hamilton, Dr. David Hamilton, continued to talk about the earth rotating and also revolves around the sun. Then he moved quickly to speak about how large the sun is when compared to our earth. I started to think the earth is so big. The sun is even greater and bigger than the earth. That's amazing. Wow. And I start to think instead of writing, I will not be able to absorb or understand or fathom the great wisdom of God. God is so big. God is so great. And while I'm sitting there looking puzzled, and Dr. David Hamilton, like a hammer, keep pressing on, and God did that, and God did that. And I was just looking, looking at him and said, well, why don't we have time of worship? I'm tired already. I enjoy worship. And I didn't know that this man is trying to bring to us the understanding of the unlimited God, the God of wisdom, the God who did so much for us so we may enjoy the life in abundance. He was talking about the planet Mercury and how many planets. He was talking also about Everything, including the solar system, 
how it works, how it functions. Again, he's talking also about the thousands of, gal of galaxies and the billions of stars in the world and that we watch and we don't even understand. And when you think how large our earth is, when we compare to us, we are just ashes and dust. And this earth is so big for us. So how can we go outside the earth and understand more about galaxies, planets, and stars? What is man? What is man? Yet, yet, this man is made in this great big God's image. Think about it. Isn't it amazing that this big God that we will never understand or fathom his ultimate, his infinite wisdom, he found it delighted to make me in his image. He found it beautiful to bring me and to put me among the Trinity or communicating in harmony and in one accord, you say, come and enjoy the wonderful, amazing relationship among the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God, Trinity, embraced this man and said, let us make this man in my image. When you think of God, when you think of his greatness, it's unsearchable. It's really unsearchable. And even when we try to express how we feel about God, we are still unlimited. Whatever we do for God, it's nothing compared with what he has done for us. And I'm still wondering till today, who I am, Lord. This is what David said, and this is what Solomon said, and this is what Jacob said. I am unworthy of the least of your love and mercies. You blessed me so much. And not only that, when you think of the God of the earth and God of the heaven and how much he loved me, and how much he cared about me. And how much he was willing to send his only son who humbled himself and took my image to communicate with me. To communicate with my limited mind and small brain. And to speak on behalf of the Father God. And my eyes were filled with tears. And I said, Lord... If they killed my mother, I know where she is now. If they beheaded her, it will be painful. But well, how many loved ones I lost in the Middle East? Didn't I lose my uncle, my great evangelist and hero? Because many Muslims felt he was threatening to the religion of Islam. I was a child. And at that time, my mom changed my name from Samuel 
to Michelle because my uncle's name was Michelle. She wants me always to remember how my uncle was grateful to God. So he did not keep Jesus to himself. He went to every Muslim and told him, do you love Jesus? Till one of the angry men killed him. And this is why my name is Michelle. To remember my hero who did not even hesitate for one second to give his life to Christ. He simply ascribed greatness to God through his action. He expressed the love of Christ by going out and telling Muslims about Christ. Finally, my mom picked the phone. And I was a bit upset. And I said, Mom, why you didn't answer the phone? You drove me crazy. I was so worried. And she said, why? I said, oh, my Lord, she's even relaxed when she's answering me. <laughs> I said, Mom, you know what is going on in Egypt now? You know how many one are killed this morning? How many church was bombed this morning? So you need to be there answering me. And mom said, well, I am sorry. But the church is engaging a revival 24-7. And tonight, I decided to stay late because the spirit was filling the place powerfully. And I felt I don't want to go anywhere except in this place, to stand in the gap between Egypt and God. I said, Mom, you can't stand in the gap anywhere. You can't stand in the gap in your living room, in your bedroom. We have a satellite dish for you. You receive six Christian channels in Arabic and no answer. And I continue my sermon. I was so glad. I thought I convinced her. Hello? No answer. Hello? Where are you, mom? She said, I'm here listening to the man that I raised to fear no one. I said, mom, I, I'm just, I don't want to lose you. She said, well, when you went to Sudan as a missionary, do you think I just gave you up that easy? Don't you think when I sent you to Sudan as a missionary and I blessed you, don't you think I expected you to come back home dead body? I offered you to God because God knows that when we honor him, he will honor us. And God knows also that there is a wonderful eternity waiting for everyone who honored him on this planet Mom said, listen to me, my son. As long as I live, as long as I have the energy, as long as I have the health and the strength, I will continue go to church. I will continue joining the body in Christ. I will continue honoring and ascribing greatness for our God, the Lord. His work is perfect and all of his deeds are just. A God of faithfulness, faithfulness without injustice, upright is he. I said, Mom, forgive me. He said, now, when you see me walking in the streets, and our area is all Muslims except our house, I want you to know 
that I walk among Muslim groups, Muslim brotherhoods, jihadists, when they see me walking in authority and power, holding my big Bible with the big cross on my chest, they make a way for me. I look at them and said, the one who is with me is greater than the one who is with you. And I walk in power and authority at the age of 84. How beautiful to honor God. How beautiful to understand your identity in him. How beautiful to understand that he's so proud of you when you're proud of him and you make his known name. It is all about the love of Christ. Look at his love. Think of his love today. I'm not talking about deeds. I'm not talking about obligation. I am talking about what I love to do for the one who loved me first. For the one who honored me and called me upon his name. For the one who did everything possible so I can go back to the arms of the Father God and enjoy his love in abundance. I shared this morning about my daughter that I love so much. I'm very proud of her. Every time I call my mother, I said, my mom... Even her name is Christy Eugenie. This is my mom's name, Eugenie. I said, I see you in my daughter. She's an evangelist. She's five years old. Wherever she goes, she says, do you love Jesus? You better know him before it's too late. I said, oh, my Lord. This is another mother here walking with me. And I saw people shed tears, just a little kid at the age of four in a very simple message, like the message I have today, going to big people and say, do you love Jesus? He loves you. He cares about you. And I'm so proud of my daughter, so I cannot stop talking about my daughter wherever I go. What about your God? What about your God? Think of his love for you today. Not only his love, his great, amazing, understandable sometimes love. He did so much for you, and he did so much for me. Think of this verse. Think of how amazing God's love for you. He called us his children. He called us his children. And yes, we are. We are adopted in his family. We are no longer alone because he cares for you and he cares for me. You, church, sent me to Tunisia in the summer. And I was honored and blessed to disciple 16 Muslim converts came to Christ in a miraculous way. One of the women shared with me her testimony the first day when I was listening to all the testimonies and never stopped crying. 
She told me that one day her mom left Tunisia to Switzerland. She fled from her dad's harassment. And there in Tunisia, she, there in Switzerland, she worked for an Italian man who owned a pizza restaurant at that time. This Italian man raped her mother and she got pregnant with Beth, the woman I'm telling her testimony. He kicked her mother out and he said, I did not do anything to you. Stay away from me. She was alone, desperate woman. She went to Paris. She went to London, England, and finally she landed back in Tunisia where Beth was born, ashamed in a Muslim culture with no father. She did nothing wrong. She came to this world wondering why you, God, created me to live ashamed of my life. The people will whisper wherever I go, look at this girl. Her mom was raped in Italy and in Switzerland, and she has no father. This is the Muslim culture. Everything is based on shame. She tried to commit suicide many times. And finally, one of her devout Muslim friends said, the best way for you is to go and study Islam. It will bring comfort and joy to your heart. You will obey Allah. You will obey Muhammad. You will have the paradise. She starts studying Islam. And she found out that her, her life is getting even more miserable. She said, how come a man here treating women like slaves and marrying four at the same time, and when he decides to divorce the four of the women, he can marry another four at the same time? This is why Osama bin Laden has 53, 53 siblings. Because his dad married many. I know some tribes in Saudi Arabia, the father has 80 and 100 children. And then she started to study again. She found out that a man can marry 72 women in the paradise. This is the eternity. She got even more angrier. She said, how come? Men are enslaving us on this earth and then I go to the paradise and I'll be slave among 72 women. That will never happen. I am not a Muslim anymore. But one day she was Googling God. And then she started to see a lot of websites. One of the websites she found, Abba Father. She started reading more. And the more she reads, the more the Holy Spirit does his work. And one day she got so tired at 6.30 in the morning. She was lying on bed. And she said, if you are the true God, reveal yourself to me. If you are the true God, help me to find, find you. I am seeking you now. And when Beth said this part of the story, I wept. She said, suddenly, I saw his face in the ceiling. I saw him saying, I am God you're looking for. I am God you're looking for. She raised her hand, and he reached down to her, and he held her hand. She woke up. She knelt on her knees, and from then, 
She's a Christian. From then she says, when I face persecution, when I face turbulence, when I face challenge in my life, I look at the ceiling and I said, he revealed himself to me. I am willing to die for him. This is the great God. This is the amazing God. This is the big God who can perform miracles and wonders. Not in Beth's life. Not in the 16 Muslim converts. Today in your life. In your life, he's still living. And he is yesterday, today, and forever. Do we invite him into our everyday life and spend quality time with him? It's good to worship him in the church. It's good to give him praises, honor, and glory. It's amazing. It's wonderful. But behind the closed doors, you go and kneel before him and tell him, I love you. I want you to be in every single moment in my life. Today, I still remember when I was six years old, the echo of my mom's voice when she used to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, praying out loud in the living room, saying, I will not let you go till you bless my six children. We were a very poor family. And my mom did not even finish her elementary school. But she knew that God is great. God is mighty. God is willing to do the impossible. Today, I need you in my life, a part of you. I can do nothing. But with you, I can do everything. Because this is your promise, you will be with me. Every morning I wake up, like what I did this morning, I hear my mom's voice, I will not let you go today till you bless me. She was struggling with God like Jacob when he struggled with God till the morning. And when he saw God leaving, he said, I will not let you go. I will not let you go. I need you today more than ever. Don't go without blessing me. I want to hear your promise for me today. I want to hear it. I want to go this morning knowing that you will be walking before me. You will be opening doors for me. You will be blessing me even when my day is troubled. I know that you're there and I will never lose my peace and my joy. Do you honor the word of God? Do you eat the word of God literally? Do you focus on the word of God and try to understand how to honor your great God? Where are we standing from the word of God? Are we going to perish because of the lack of the knowledge? How can we go and tell the lost people about Jesus if we don't know him personally and hear him speaking to us through his word? Do we model him in our words and actions? I will never forget when I was fighting with another guy to have a spot in the parking lot just in front of Walmart. And at this moment, I forgot my relationship of God for my entire life, and I turned into an ugly and nasty man. And the sad thing, my wife was sitting next to me. 
and my two children were sitting at the back seat. I went back home ashamed. I let everybody sleep. I wept. And in the morning, I told my wife, I did not honor God because of this spot that will save me two minutes of walking. When you drive, do you honor God? On that day in Walmart, I tried when I was fighting with the guy to hide all the stickers I put in the car's bumper. (laughs) Because they are all talking about the love of God. I did not honor him. Do you tell others about what he has done for us? Or you're ashamed? Do you tell your co-worker when he's sick, I will be praying to Jehovah Rapha to heal you? Or say, oh, no, no, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to offend him. Do we go and walk in the streets praying for our neighborhood? Do we go and pray for the nation? Because this is his promise, ask of me and I will give you nations as an inheritance for you. Do we have the authority to believe this promise today? If we have this promise, he's going to give us the desire of our hearts. Where do we stand from the Great Commission? You are here in a mission conference. Why you're here? Why you're here? Just to have fun? To listen to some missionaries sharing amazing things? Or you are a missionary too? I was telling this morning that this church is a missionary church. Praise the Lord. And as my pastor always says, if the church is not a missionary church, it is a social club. If you're not going out from this church to tell people about the Lord and what he has done for us, then do you really love him? Do you really want to tell stories about him? Do you consider the last command of our master to be your first concern? Or there are so many priorities in your life. Are you worried about your pension plan, your 401k, the economy, the politics? A lot of people, they come to you and say, would you please pray that America will have Romney as a president? And I say, sir, I will pray that God will have his will in every situation. God is in control. God is in control. The church is simply a place for sinners. You, godly people, will go out and bring sinners to come to the church and get saved. And then you will hold the hands with those who got saved and bring more sinners. Don't enjoy the comfort zone so much. While you're listening to the missionaries, remember that you are a missionary sent by God when he said, go in my name. Don't tell me I don't have gifts because God gave you so many gifts and the Holy Spirit will reveal them in his timing if you are obedient and opened to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's close our eyes for a few seconds. I don't want you to leave the place before you think of his great, amazing love. 
You are a missionary today. God already sent you. God already blessed you. God already anointed you to go to the world, to the dark world, to make a difference. And believe me, it's not by might nor by power, but by Holy Spirit, say the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.